jerky. So how you doing, Zeku? What's up, man? Busy, busy, Chilla, busy. Enj- enjoying my uh my little two day off thing before the the regular grind thing, and then uh diving back into more. Me just my room. My room's all my room's off things. I, I wasn't even on camera, so we getting this all y'all getting it all natural. Get home. Okay, there we go. This is how it's supposed to look. All right, cool. Yeah, sorry, you were see you were what? You were doing what now? Oh, I just been chilling, man. Pretty much all day. I, I finally uh watched the new Matrix. What What did you think? See, I, I liked it. I I didn't mind it at all. I, I know a lot of people were hating on it, but I actually uh I thought it followed. I, I thought I thought it set up a good storyline based off the first three. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, there's too many flashbacks," but I I think it was I think it was cool to incorporate the flashbacks so people knew where they were going with different things. I understand people were you know a lot of people didn't like that uh you know uh Lawrence Fishburne wasn't in it, which which I wanted him in the movie. Uh, but I I actually think uh I I can't remember the actor's name man the the other the guy that played Morpheus yeah he looks like I thought I haven't seen it yet so please don't give me too much because I'm a uh, we yeah, all are yeah. right, yeah. if you're from the area you know right. what that is yeah but you know what like I I actually but really enjoyed it as well I, I yeah it it is good. I, good I saw the priest stuff me and me and I'm director Austin were talking about it because he I know when he saw it the night he saw it he watched it at home. And I watched all the pre-stuff because I was a geek. I actually saw the premiere of the first Matrix at a huge theater we have out here. Like, I was one of those people like Star Wars. I'm not making it up. I saw it opening day before the hype. Like, I was one of those people. I saw the second run in Vaughn, which is a city just north of Toronto. Uh, you know that big theater there, Colossus? Huh? I yep. went to there. It's a Web big Bridge. theater right by, a big, a big by like, a, by like a Disney World, Paramount Wonderland. It's like up around there, right? Huge, and we didn't know. We just heard this vibe, man. Me and all my best friends. So it's actually one of the best memories of my life because I got to come out of the theater and get on the phone and just have that energy when you see that, you know. So I can't wait. I, I know, Tom, but you I know what? This one, awesome. What do you what do you think about? You so so this one, thing. I really liked. I I actually enjoyed it, but my wife sat there and said I I couldn't enjoy it because the whole time I was going. I have no clue what's going on right now. I have no clue what's going on right now. And that's a lot of the feedback that people are, are giving online. But if you really look into it, it all made sense. The whole story made sense mm-hmm. with the flashbacks and all that. So I did actually enjoy watching it. Yeah, I think I, there's no way they're going to break the timeline. That thing is all, the whole thing about it is timeline, right? It's like that whole kind of, there's a couple of shows like that. You ever watch Fringe? Fringe is like, you guys ever see Fringe? No. I, you want a no, dope show to watch? watch? Oh, go back and watch Fringe. Fringe is like, Three time, time, time. It's like when Star Trek had that final episode and they had the three times going at once. Mm-hmm. You know that final one with Picard? And then, remember how it was in that one? That's how this whole show is. But the actor that plays uh, the main guy in it, he's insane. He's as good as um, the dude from Game of Thrones that played the short little, the short, the short dude that, that has all the money. It gets out of all the jams. He's one of those kind of British actors. But Peter the whole Dinklage. time, past, yeah. present, and future. Yeah, it's the whole past, but this show's amazing. Fringe is dope. If y'all, I, I could lend you uh, director Austin. If you are, I, do, I got, I got the, I got the DVDs. I got it. 
not the whole thing. You can watch it. If you put it in, you guys will watch it. It's like DVDs. Who who has DVD players anymore? It's, oh, it's from like <laughs> seven years, six years ago. So our family's avid collectors of movies. You know those houses you go to the movie club? It's on my, yeah. on my girl's side. Oh my gosh. That's not me. But I call it the, the, the house of TVs. They must probably like 15 TVs in the house. Man. It's crazy. I got I got I got mad Blu-rays. Yeah, and they I got Blu-ray. That's what I'm saying. The Blu-ray, that's what we have. Yeah, yeah. the Sony. We had a yeah, PSP, I got, so the Sony. I say DVDs, you know what I'm saying. It's a CD. Yeah, Even I, that, like Blu-rays, who, who has those, right? Even for gaming now, you know what I mean? Digital, download, um, everything's online. Like, we, we're not really... But I still get the hardware for the good games because of that reason we talked about at the beginning. And that's one of the things you should do. You should always have, like, a, a, a like a hard drive, two terabyte, one terabyte, four terabyte hard drives, good investment. And if you got all your favorite stuff on, you could download it on YouTube and all that stuff. Download some stuff. When one of them things comes, it's like how COVID is right now. A lot of us, we're lucky, right? Uh, I thank you. How we get busy? Because how do we do what we did? Because we had everything at home. I could have never recorded that, that record with you. We did a record, y'all. And we could have never done it the way we did it if everyone didn't have everything at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know we'll, I mean? we'll get in. We'll get into the technology. But just before we, we keep going, let's just do a brief little introduction here. Uh, as everyone's listened already, we've already started the show. We've already started talking and getting into a few things. Um, but uh, we've, we're have we welcoming Denku onto the show, uh, an MC for 20 plus years. He's also the host of Pick Apart the Passion podcast. Uh, he's had thrust on his show as well. Uh, welcome to the Northern Touch show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally did this, right? We've been trying to do this for how long? We had this for a while. It's like when your friends are your neighbors, you never see them when they move like <laughs> 20 miles away and you see them every weekend. I don't know why. Well, well, it's good. It, it, it's good because we have uh, the Northern Touch show on our show. We have a, a variety show, so it's not all about music artists, right? So it's good to actually get an artist on now uh, that we can talk to about music and the industry and, and all that stuff. Uh, rather than just uh, what we basically feature, which is, you know, anything and everything in between. Yeah, this is a Rogan-esque kind of show, just so you know, Deku. A lot of people, they hear the name. It's from, you know, one of the most infamous songs in Canada, in a sense. And I was on the track, and everyone looks at the show first. Oh, it's going to be a show with a bunch of MCs and, and all that. But that was never our aim. We wanted to take another ride. So you actually really one of the first, like, real, like, artists, artists, rap, rappers I had on, like really on the show. Because the oh, other yeah. artists, that's true. They were all just most producers. They were producer rappers. But you probably produced too. So who, who am I to say? He might, he's probably <laughs> in that bag too. This man is talented. I know this man is talented. So he's going to we'll get into it. But yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, and, you know, it's just a pleasure to, you know, get to know you a little while. You know, a lot yeah. of people seen our names on tracks, but uh, they didn't even know how we met. And it's just the whole story. And I'm, I, I'm looking forward to this because I get to know your story. I really don't know. I know a bit of your story, but yeah, yeah, time, yeah. I'd love to learn it. So, Tom, you have any uh, director asking you anything you wanted to uh, jump the interview off with? Any little uh, questions? Well, I'm just, I, I just want to say to Danku, like, thank you for coming on the show. And why don't you give everybody a brief description of what you do, uh, what your show is about as well, um, how many albums you've released. Just give us a brief background on uh, everything Ooh. about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Full MC names, Tayamu Denku, uh, you know, shortened to Denku. Uh, a lot of people shorten it to Denku because they can't do the whole thing. I, You know, I've done a lot of uh, tons of shows, tons of tours. I've had people misspell my name on tour flyers for years. Uh, 
you know, so, you know, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I've been rhyming, um, doing music about 26 years. I got over, um, probably over, almost 35 records out, um, not including random singles. Uh, I definitely, I also, uh, engineer everything myself, mix and master everything myself. Uh, one of the big projects I got to do was, uh, 25th. Um, I'm looking at it now. I can't think of the record's name, but I, I got to do a mix and master of a of a 25th year anniversary DOS effects album uh, that they re-released. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that. Um, did you I, um, just pause because that's something that's one of the things areas that I wanted to like a lot of people because people don't know. I heard even uh, like some of the most known artists saying like people don't understand how much work we do behind the scenes. And that's one thing I know about you. Yeah. And, uh, how did you go to school for all that? You sort of taught for all that. How did you? Because that's a whole other task to be able to do that and then, yeah. you know, create, right? Yeah. No. I um. So when I was actually looking into going to uh, you know, college and shit like that, like I, I do have my bachelor's, but it's in graphic design, which is why you know I I do uh, like uh, uh, I could do I could do covers and all that shit. I put you know my own CD layouts uh, together and stuff uh, like that, but um. <laughs> My, my mom's was like, oh, yeah, I don't want you going to school for music. So I ended up just going for graphic design, which, ta-da, didn't fucking yeah, get me a job. A didn't didn't yes. get me a job in graphic design, though. I mean, no. I'm, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no. but, I, but I'm able to do all that <laughs> stuff myself. And then over the years of making music, um, I started out in Cool Edit Pro and then gradually transitioned into um, learning Pro Tools. And I've been on Pro Tools. I think the last 10 to 15 years where I've been mixing and mastering on there. But yeah, I, I self-taught everything. I didn't... Um, just dabble, just dabble, yeah. But I think for graphic design, it makes sense too because you're used to uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, the Adobe's mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. So if you use that kind of... Yeah, I have a magazine background. I don't know if people don't know. I did a hip-hop magazine. So I had that's where a lot of this came from too, right? And it helped a lot. Like and in the studio. So I found the programs at that time, especially if you were doing it in the mid-90s time, a lot of people are on it. You can figure that out. Then now it's pretty much the same thing. You run, you run straight through. Same with how with Kai. If you want a Kai from way back then, you jump on the ones now and you run kind of right. That's cool, yeah. man. I never knew that. See information, man. Yeah. So that's cool. So what you did that. So when did you? Uh, when was the moment um, that you was like, you know what, man? This is my calling. Like, was there a moment, a song on the radio, a collaboration, somebody? Did somebody bless you that you was like, yo, I never can't believe this person just said that about my music. What was it that made you? Because you took a serious the amount of product you have out. Um, I gotta commend you on that too. Your catalog's crazy, man. Oh, like, man a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people can't say that, man. And independent too, like to be independent. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, you know, I I jump from different branding things. Um, but mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely a majority of everything I've done has been, you know my own idea, my own, uh, like if I, if I got, if I had a label or anything, put anything out of mine, they let me put out what I wanted to put out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something mm-hmm. where, um, where they were, they were, you know, coaching me and telling me what to do. That's not really, um, like if I ever got in a situation like that, you know, it probably wouldn't last that long because, uh, cause I've been doing independent shit so long, but I would, you, you know what? I would say it would go all the way back to the beginning of high school for me. And I, I can remember, um, I mean, I listened to hip hop before high school, but uh, it wasn't, uh, I mean, 
I would put together little mixtape things that I would, you know, I would mm-hmm. uh, record things off of uh, off the radio and and put them put them in order my own way, whatever how I wanted to do it. But then randomly, um, I just remember uh, doing like some harmony singing shit and doing uh, making beats on the uh, on the heaters and uh, and in the cafeteria on the tables, yeah, making beats and then just rhyming over the beats. Just all off top shit, uh, doing that, um, 14. And then actually, um, I was the person that got asked in all the talent shows, Cinco de Mayo show, black history month show. I was the person that, that they, they, they asked to come up and, um, perform like some rap shit because nobody else. You would have got like, you were like me in high school, dude. I was that dude too. <laughs> yeah, like, like, no, like nobody. You become that guy, right? It was yep. the R&B guy. There was mm-hmm. the dancing guy. There was the singing girl. Especially that era. There was the dude that could do the hip hop. The hip hop was me and Frankenstein. I, I keep. I went to high school with Frankenstein, so we 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 was in the same shit. So it was the same. It was us. Hey, you guys go right. We go up. But yeah, yeah. that's dope, man. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. So that was. So that's what what really crowned. Then what, what did you go to? Like college radio? Were you going down to the radio stations at that time too? Doing that? Yeah. Like how was your city for us? Like that's what I'm saying. That's another thing we wanted to get me and Director Osmond talking about earlier. Just doing like let people know where you come from and what it's like to come out of there. Like, cause I think you coming from where you put you gotta describe that too. It makes it it makes the story uh that much more interesting. Yeah, I mean Milwaukee, Milwaukee's rough as far as getting any type of stamp of approval in the city, really. And unless you follow and did whatever trend that people are on, I kind of feel like they're the thing about here is there's a lot of circles. And if you're not incorporated in those circles and you try to do something yourself, those circles don't really, they don't really mess with you like that. So um, then you're seen as kind of the outsider, the outcast person, especially if you continue to do your own thing. And then when you do things that are successful outside of the circles, then, then you got uh, an entire city of people that don't really, you know, they're they're like, Oh, it's this guy, you know, kind of like, you know, not not. I mean, I definitely have some support here. I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't have any support, but I'm saying. Oh, no. I'm saying this, like this is how the city is though. But that's how you, the code of the city. Yeah, the code but, of the but city I'm. Is the code but of the I'm city. saying. I'm saying as far as where I where I would would like the city to fuck with me, it's nowhere near any of that. And and um, as far as like radios here, um, <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's college stations. I you know I've been on college shows here and there. Did a couple interview things here and there once in a while, but. Um, I mean, they don't how did you guys know? hear it? Like when you were 16, how did you, what was your access to like, to like getting, did you have to get in the car and do the drive? Was it a, a neighboring radio station? Like, how did you get your hands on, on, on hip hop? Like just in general? Oh, oh, well, we, I mean, we have, um, I mean, there was a station back in the day. It was called, uh, hot one Oh two. That's where I, you know, I used to hear him play Big E KRS. Um, you know, all all the all the old school classic shit used to get played on there on the regular. Like they used to have mix mix shows. Um, there's one mix show I remember them uh, where they they put together uh, Biggie with um, uh, Meth Redman with the uh, the old um, Keith Murray Total Joint. Like they had that whole transition oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. together where where they where they blended all that together. And I, I I never forget that blend, man. I, I think I recorded that, so I probably still have it somewhere. Um, they, they used to do those like those like those weekend specials where they do like the 
the, the four turntable mixes and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. I mean, and I mean, we still have that. That's one thing about Milwaukee. There are amazing, um, talented DJs from here. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot of amazing mm-hmm. talented DJs here um, that I've seen that could definitely, um, you know, step in the ring with people on turntablism um, or you know blends. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I know he doesn't really rep here like that, but I. Um, you know, DJ Abilities lives in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, he's actually out here. I've actually uh, done tons of shows with that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's there's just a lot of a lot of dope DJs out here, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a feel of the city. It's interesting, right? Because you know, we live in such a like a it's a it's a not a global. It's more like a territorial, like tribal kind of thing. The music just lets you know where you're from. Yeah, well, you're accent not- and resonance, right? The same way, you're, like you were in our show when we we're talking about mm-hmm. Canada and Toronto, and it, it kind of gives you more. Okay, now I see. You know what I mean? Where, where the music's talking about? Yeah, you, so you know, you know what the that. most, you know what the most popular song I feel like of all time out of Milwaukee is. It's actually pretty, pretty trash. But well, <laughs> I won't say it's trash. But, <laughs> but, but to me, it ain't what I bump. It ain't it ain't what I'm into. Um, you know, mm-hmm. much love and success to them. And like, I'm not even trying to be a hater because it is what it is. It's just not the type of hip hop I'm into. But you remember that song, um, My Projects by Cuckoo Cal? Yep. That he's yep. from out here. He's from out here. Uh... And that's probably the most popular song from milwaukee of all time and uh so that's that's, you, com- that's completely opposite of anything and everything i do <laughs> so how did you manage to connect those dots this is part of the story i said i know that's what it is right so here we have young Denku, 20 years old hip-hop ambitious you know what i mean he's oh, not well, college I... drop out fresh out of college though with the graphic with the you know the graphics is i could do the crazy covers now so how did the story go after that and when did you uh, record your first record? What was the studio? Your first album? Uh, yeah, your first studio process. I know that's usually a beautiful thing. Um, you know I mean? So, so I mean, first, well, so I had put it. I put together an independent record um, that I actually, um, I pre- I had a print a printer at the time. I pressed up nice graphics on there, um, and this is the first solo thing I did. I did this before I even went to college. I put out something in '99. I I was handed them out to people over the summertime. It was called uh, Apocalyptic Fury. And uh, actually, my name isn't even Tayamu Denkwan. It goes, it's uh, Sandman the Lyrical, because everybody had the the lyrical. The, you know, the, the, lyrical, saying, but, the lyrical. So like, we're talking about the lyrical miracles? Yeah, the, the, the lyrical miracles back in the day. So like, that's that's what I had back in the day. And then I found out, oh, there's already an established artist named Sandman. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not going to have a name that anyone has, period. So then I transitioned. I created the the Tayamu Denku moniker, which, um, uh, uh, I mean, in a nutshell, it's basically like this, uh, just so you know. Um, so uh, I got Ty from Tai Chi because I was uh, laid back um, battle style, um, you mm-hmm. know, like a, like a laid back fighting style, mm-hmm. more defensive. Yep. Um, so yeah. I got Ty from Tai Chi. Then I got Yamo. Um, it's basically uh, spelling name improperly in Spanish. I spelled Y-A-M-O, and that's because um, it, it was just a joke play on the name because everybody thought I was Latin for the longest time. So, yeah. but I'm not, but I'm, but I'm not. Yeah. So I, I just, I, and it sounded smooth together. So I got Tayamo from that. And then I got mm-hmm. Denku because around the time I came up with the name, everybody was using already established cartoon character names as their rap name. So I was like, well, I want a name 
that sounds like a cartoon character, but I want to create my own. And then, and then later on, I found like a like um, it's funny because like I, I obviously you know I picked this name before anything ever happened, but I feel like there was like some kind of cross where there's like two characters that merge together and create Denku. And uh, but I had the name before that ever happened. <laughs> so so uh, it's but crazy, yeah, man. but but yeah um. <laughs> Yeah, basically after college, um, well, when I got into college, I uh, I linked up with a group and the group was named Wastelands and it was an acronym um, and it stood for Wisdom Articulates Serenity Throughout Entities, Living Allah's Nurturing Divine Science. It was a gigantic acronym. Uh, we were called Wastelands, me and two other people, uh, Augury Short Fuse. And we used to go to his studio in Glenview, Illinois. I, I can't remember the studio name. I have to look at the back of uh, one of our early CDs to actually see the studio name. But yeah, we used to go there. Um, my first thing was Augury took me there and uh, introduced me to Short Fuse because me and Augury, we used, to, we used to have tons of freestyle sessions in college. I met this whole group of people in college where we used to just get together in the dorm rooms, sit around, play a bunch of random instrumentals and just go in a freestyle circle. Like that's what we do. Oh, just yeah, chilling, I know. Yeah, I know just kick, yeah. Just kicking in college, yeah, flat, doing flat, that. Flat, yes. Yeah. And then um, Augury, me and him got real cool. He was a senior. I was a freshman and he had taken me to this studio session with him because he was working on a project with short fuse and they were wastelands. And then um, mm. I came in there and I was going to do a feature verse for um, for either a song he was doing or something like that. And then after I got done doing the verse, Short Fuse, who was the leader of the group, was basically like, hey, uh, you're dope. I think you should get down with us. At this time, I was just, you know, jumping on whatever opportunity. I didn't know that later on the group thing would not be my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like groups just aren't. It's just uh, I mean, we did a bunch of records. We did a bunch of group records and it was cool for what it was. But a lot of the time, um, I, just that, I, I just, I just, my work ethic was, was, was far exceeding what, what we were doing as a group. And I, I needed more than that. And, uh, and that's kind you know of. What I find about groups, groups is, is the weirdest. I, I started in live groups too. Like people knew my name for a long time. That's when you needed it too. I was in groups from before I was thrust for like maybe like eight years. And they were big groups, some of the biggest groups in Toronto. But the only problem with the groups is, they all they fell apart at the craziest time. Mm-hmm. Like they always fall apart. Like you just go through all the crazy that and you just fall to get and then it's for some reason it's a little thing of dissension mm-hmm. and it's like you back to ground zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why the way we work, that's why when you first approached me, I said, let's do this thing. I said, let's do this project. Projects is not a group, right? Project, we could and then and we can meet back in another year and do another project, right? Mm-hmm. And we can back, yep. but you don't have the pressure where a group, the pressure of Groups are still holding it down. The only groups I find that work, really, and if you think about it, and they're still together to this day, are the groups that are actually family and friends from the start. Yeah. You know why? Because they can. Because when they go through all the bumps and the bumps and the regular stuff, it's just. But that's just part of the grind. You know what I mean? But but I, f- I they feel are like going to work it out. But you're not going to work it out with somebody you only know for like six months, and he's giving yeah. you some of that. Right? Very that's very I mean. true. Very true. But and you also got to think about some of those groups that are still together and, and doing their thing together as groups, they also have successful solo careers. They're known. And they enjoy when the other person goes solo too. Yeah. But that's the only way you could do that. That's what I'm saying, right? You could still, 
a lot of time those groups, like if, if me and you is blood brothers, I'm happier when you do when you're more successful than me. Because we're both on a level of success. We're both eating, right? Once they're both eating, right? You're either both starving or you're both eating. So when you're both yeah. starving, you know how to go through it, right? The in-between, and then when you're both getting it, you're gonna be happy. One gets a little bit more because one is gonna get a little bit more. No one picks the you know those RB groups, nobody picks the lead singer. Do you know that? It's like the audience picks the lead singer. Mm-hmm. When Destiny's Child came out, it was those four girls. Like, you hear the vocals, you couldn't really separate. But everybody just went to be, it went, it went from four down to two, and then you tried to go to two, and then it was Beyonce. You see what I'm saying? Look yeah. at all those five heartbeats and all those movies and stuff. You see it, right? And that's when I say the most creative person is the person who doesn't sing the best. He's the one, but he writes every song. So it just gets crazy, right? But if you're a family of blood, you can work through all that. But if you're not, it gets, like you said, it gets nuts. Oh, it yeah, yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I find, man. But uh, it's interesting you said that I had that same thing. And it's just, it's crazy to have that, that, that lineage. But it makes you uh, a better solo artist to be in a group because you know how to create. I think if you don't, if you just be being a solo artist and don't go through groups, your path is, uh, it's a harder path. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I could, I could agree with that. But yeah, I mean. There's a lot of learning. You know what I mean? Like you went through a lot of learning. The learning you get in a group. That's what I'm saying, right? I, yeah. I saw Wycliffe the other day. It was crazy about the Fugees. I, I told Director Awesome, I think I sent it to you, Awesome. I think I did. And I, was, I sat down, I just took it in. And that's how he said he made the carnival. He goes, oh, I never went to even have done one of those crazy albums like that, too. Like, he doesn't regret any of it. And he goes, they never really broke up. We just never really got back together in between, right? So it's just interesting, mm-hmm. right? But that's, and look at all the solo records that, um, that Lauren's solo career. Right, like once she branched off, right, what she left. Mm-hmm. So if she didn't go through the group. They didn't go through that group process. She would have never had that solo career, that amazing solo career. Because it's hard to be solo artist, dude. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, just, it's a lot especially harder. especially if you ain't got if you ain't got a work ethic. I mean that that's that's the problem with a lot of solo artists is the work ethic is not there. Um, and and I, I think that's why a lot of solo artists have a hard time. Um, mm-hmm. being as successful as they could be, even if they're talented, because you could you could have all the talent in the world, but if you have zero work ethic and your professionalism is is you know in the ditch, I mean you ain't really people aren't gonna like you, and you ain't really gonna get far unless you got somebody behind you doing all the work for you. So there's a lot of talented people out there, so people can move on anyway. That's what people realize get to. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of talented people, man. Do you, do you think you're it goes ready? the same way with like a group? If you're talking about uh, having work ethic, if it's just one person that's doing all the work and two other people don't have that work ethic, do you find that that's kind of a clash? Uh, it's it's definitely a clash, and that's mm. that's something that's definitely a big part of what happened in my group personally. Um, like I mean, like I said, like I I'm constantly working. You know, I I uh you know I I got a shows. I mean, yeah, earlier on, you know they got shows and stuff or whatever. And then you find out mm-hmm. like, um, like one of the dudes was like, uh, he got married and then it basically became, it was nothing more than a hobby to him. It wasn't something he fully wanted to do. So like, you know, his work was just kind of sitting back and oh, if we need to come together and do an album, that's cool. And then it, it got to a point where I was like, man, I'm sick of paying for studio time. I've been mixing my own shit. Um, why don't you guys just let me mix and master the record? Um, because I, I think that the shit that I've been putting out sounds pretty good. And then we don't need to pay for studio time no more. And then they're like, oh, no, we should go to the studio. And I'm like, well, I could do this. 
And then when I did do it, Mm-hmm. Then I then I'm starting to do everybody's shit. You know what I'm saying? Then like then they're like, oh, okay. So maybe I should have just let us keep going to the studio because once I became the dude that was mixing and mastering, I was mixing and mastering people's solo shit. I was mixing and mastering my own shit. Um, you know, group shit, like all that shit. And then I'm <laughs> and then I'm doing graphics and then I'm putting, you know, I'm I'm doing the graphic design for the group albums. I'm finding shows. <laughs> I, I can only imagine if if we were still a group today, I'd be doing, I'd be booking the tours. I'd be getting the the, the interviews. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, you just do the there's, there's just so many things that, um, that I've learned to do over the years. And some of them I hate, like I, um, I hate mm-hmm. booking tours. I hate doing it, but I've somehow become pretty good at doing it, but I can't stand booking tours. And I also don't like, um, I don't really like the the media, um, the advertising. I, I don't really like doing that, but I know how to do it. So, like, I know how to do write-ups. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know how to send out to blogs. I have my whole blog list. I got all that um, I've, that I've built up over the years. And so, like, I've learned how to do all these things. And, um, and uh, yeah, it, it's definitely made my work ethic a go, go, go type thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're sitting around in the background as a group person, um, when it comes time to where you actually have to work, you don't know how to fucking work. So I, I think it definitely clashes and hurts um, the group as a whole. And, and Thrust and I know exactly what you're talking about right now. We won't get into it, but, uh, you know, kind of going through a, a little bit of that right now. But, you know, it, it, it is something that's going to happen when you have a collaboration of a bunch of people together. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely what happens. Yeah. It's just a, it's like it's like uh, stress. There's levels of it, though. You know what I mean? It's like abuse, though. There's yeah. levels. It's and, like and, that degree commercial. It's like that degree commercial. Yeah. You know that degree commercial? The beer goes like this. Yo, people is trying to keep it in like that little range. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I hate you. Know I hate Thank you. It's going to happen. But why is it always going to be like flatlining in the red? So you know what I mean? That's the problem, man. And, and, and that's, and that's you know? yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm at a, I'm at, I'm at an age I'm at a level of my life where I'm not trying to be stressed over music. I want to be excited about it. I want to be, I want to look forward to it. I want to be happy with the music I'm making. If, if something's stressing me out in music, that ain't, that ain't the direction I need to be doing. Yeah. We were talking earlier about how our our energy and our, and our energy is expensive. You know what I mean? Mm. Wherever you put your attention, your energy is going. So it's like, it's a value on that. And I'm putting the cap on this for 2022. Oh man, we know we all talk. You know, we talk. <laughs> we know, but it's but it's for what is needed. Like a good fighter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. You save your breath. You save your energy, man. I would waste my energy, right? I got things I really want, and I want to do like you said it best. We want to make we can. That's the one thing we kind of have control over as we beat in this area is like what's enjoyable for us. In a way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Especially yeah. when it comes to our extracurricular. This is our extracurricular. This is not. I'm not on the clock. So when I'm doing this, right? It's, it, I have that choice. You're right. And we worked hard enough, and we situated ourselves. You know what I mean. We made made a lot of sacrifices that a lot of people ain't making. You know what I mean. Self taught. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how I'm able to send stuff to you too. Nobody told me. Nobody put no gun to my head. You know what I mean. Yeah. Just yeah. went and just. I gotta learn to do this. And if I can't learn, I got to get a mentor over here. I got to drive and pick up this guy, bring him over here. 
and driving it back so this could work. I got mm-hmm. invested all this in this appointment. Yeah, not I- the average one, not the average one, the good one. Do the and it's the research too. The research takes so much time. Like you know, we're working on me and Director Austin working on getting a piece of equipment. And look, no matter the time we put in, it's not in our hands yet. We've been look, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you had to do the same thing. That's that. So yeah, but it's awesome. So how did you um connect with um with the label 100 Mad Black Buffalo? Like how did you, did they did you reach out to them? You heard what they were doing? Like how did you decide your price? A lot of people like decided to like for me for a long time. I always knew I wanted to be indie. Yeah. Right, I knew I wanted to be indie because I went to school for music and I worked in a major. Yeah. So when I was at a major for five years on the inside, I already knew the game, right? So and then I was an artist, and, I, and my projects were like you. I always licensed. I always wanted to make my music and license it. You know what I mean? So that's how I got all my releases up. So, uh, but what made you go that route? Or was it a time when you were like, "I'm going to get side," you know, the EPMD? Please, please listen to my demo. Yeah. I think the only time that I even thought about a demo was when um, when I put together my first real solo album. Like I, I put a bunch of tracks together and I actually think I did send it out to a couple places. I think I sent it out to uh, what was popular then, Baby Grand. Um, yeah, Baby Grand was doing things. I, I sent yeah, it out to them. I actually, I actually think I did send a demo out to Rockus mm-hmm. at, at one point because I... Because I just thought you it would have been cool. a good rock and artist, dude. If Ruckus would have stayed around, you would have had that. Because with company, that company flow, uh, uh, who else was on? Yeah, the J, yeah, J Live was on there too, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people on Ruckus at one point. No, but it was kind of, I see the way like the artist, right? It would have fit Thurston Howe was on that. I was actually told the reason why Ruckus folded. Did you ever hear that story? Dude, I was just about to ask you read my mind. Speak, brother, speak. Did you, did you ever hear the story? I heard a little bit of it, but I, this is your interview, so like. So I actually heard, I actually heard one of the, re, I, and like I said, this is a story that was told to me. So I don't, mm-hmm. I never asked the actual people. I, I didn't ask the actual people, obviously, but there's a story that was told to me by um, NASA, who used to do all the mixing and mastering at Def Chooks, and you know was closely uh, direct with LP and everything like that uh, with the company company flow thing and and he actually was doing uh a a lot of mixing for um for random songs at ruckus records and randomly i was in a studio because i used to be on uncommon records Uh, i put out a couple records under them uh which was like the def jux brother label after def jux folded and um i I put out a couple records under them shouts to uncommon nasa for uh letting me get down on there uh earlier on but i remember sitting in a studio with him and he was randomly telling the story about, oh, did, did you ever hear um, about how Ruckus Records folded? And, I, and, you know, I was like, no, nah, I never heard any of that. And he told me, well, you know, what happened was um, Cool G Rap signed a huge multi-million dollar deal with Ruckus. And uh, he was one of the first first artists where they gave uh, like a million some dollar advance to him mm-hmm. and his records flopped on Ruckus. Mm-hmm. And they basically didn't have the budget to cover that. They were expecting to make all that money back, mm-hmm. and um, and they they lost big money on uh on G Rap's releases, which basically mm-hmm. caused them not a not being able to fund the. Rest well, there was of- a money. There was a funding issue with them, and that's why that's that's like it, it was. But 
from what I heard, it was like it's just overspending. You yeah. know, overspend like this. Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's overspending. But that's part of not budgeting, <laughs> right? That's the big part you're not budgeting, though, right? Because, but, but at but at the time, you got to think like nobody nobody would expect a G rap record to flop at that point in time, really. And at that I mean, time, you didn't have know. any like you didn't have the digital stuff, what? right? You didn't have the digital stuff for for people to download and stuff, so it was all on record. So you were expecting to make that money based on all of no, those records coming it, out, right? I'm trying to think the time if that's what how that would have played out though, because that G rap record that I'm trying to think what record that would have been. That was like the last album, but the last album I remember, I remember the cover was like purple color cover. Oh man. I don't that record didn't do up. I can't, I don't think, I don't know if that was on that, but maybe it was maybe they signed him and gave him something and it was something like that. Just something that because the weird thing about ruckus is if you actually the weirdest thing about it is nobody really knows and it's not public. Go on if we get off this thing and go search ruckus, what happened? You don't know. It's like it's on it's unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's scary, it's, it's scary because that was that time. If you look at that time, that's right at that time and everything got white. That was yeah, that, and, that and, time, man. That was, no, no, dude. That was that divide calm time. That was the time where they yeah. got white. If you don't hear from when they came, man, rap, that's when BET, the basement change. That's when, that's when they wiped everything. That's when the J Prince, Murder Inc. thing went down. That was right in that window. I mean, I mean, and there's, and there's that a lot magic of record. window everybody talks about. And, and there's a lot like of a labels. Conspiracy theorists and all that. Hey, what did they do to him? What did they infiltrate him? It was right then. And we don't yeah, know and, that and, story. You don't know that yeah. story. It's never talked about. So the fact that it's never talked about, the fact that it was one of those uh, underground hip hop labels in the indie, but it was the indie through a major, right? So that's LG too, right? So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's good to be independent. Man. Independent, being independent is the best. Yeah, and 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 independent is is like I said. I mean, that's um, you know, Cypherden Music or Cypherden is not a label; it's brand. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like I'm not out here putting out artists or nothing like that. Cypher Den is basically the brand behind my independent movement. And I got a couple um, other MCs that are down that believe in the same thing, which those artists are, you know, I incorporate them on projects like my homie Urban Legend, Rambunctious, and uh, and Bofat is technically part of Cypher Den music. So shouts to all them. Um, you know, we're, we're all down together. It's my little circle, but it's not a label. It's, a, no. it's more a brand. And, but I put, you know, I put everything out, you know, I throw the Cypher Den logo on it, whatever. That's going to do it for part one of this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. And don't forget to check out our next episode for part two with Tayamo Denko.